You cultist. I am Mikey, the East End Evil. And I'm the Gamer in Yellow. And we're here to discuss those <laughs> internet stories, most creepy and most pasta, and be critically silly doing it. Tonight we have Between Ice and Stars. So, Between Ice and Stars is by Mr. Dupin uh, from Creepbus.wiki. Uh, we've actually done a story of his before. It was of Blood, Gold, and Holy Light. It was the werewolf one, where the werewolf puppies were coming out of people's Oh, mouths. that one. I yeah. remember. The, the gothic horror. Uh, like It was like basically a gothic horror TPK. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see what he does in this one. So, in the rundown, uh, Captain Gerald Northington of, and his crew on the HMS Stargazer find themselves trapped in ice in Antarctica in 1905. And that means, I mean, the ship is, is, is stuck in ice. Not yep. that they are trapped in ice, like frozen. But not- Prehistoric Iceman situation. Yeah, no, they yeah, weren't no. frozen today. It's 1905. They're in Antar- Antarctica on a ship. And their ship is stuck in the ice. So there they are go. trapped on the ice. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they had sent a hunting party out to find seal meat, but the group was delayed. And when they got back, they had a, a, a corpse of a man rather than seals. Uh, apparently, while and not hunting, just any man. It's one of yeah, their one crewmen. of their yeah one of their their crewmen. Uh, apparently, while hunting the uh, a seal, they split up. And J- Jacob Hopkins, the man who died, uh, went missing. They discovered him ne- uh, near a large cave next to a frozen lake that they've been hunting the seals on. Um, he was frozen with a grimace of insanity on his face and clutching a black stone statuette of some anthropomorphic creature. The doctor on board uh, placed his death as a heart attack and he was stored in the storage bay until the morning where they could bury him. The next morning... Uh, they discovered the body was missing, and the room was in shambles. After a day of searching, they dis- they called it off uh, for the evening. That night, the doctor, as well as the cook, heard a s- strange chanting noise uh, on the ship, and with only lanterns as light, searched out the sounds in the bowels of the ship. It was there they discovered that cra- five crazed crewmen were performing horrific rites about the statuette and the dismembered body of Jacob. Noticed, the cook was attacked and brutally killed, while the doctor fled and sounded the captain and his first mate, Will Ward, with his screams. The captain and Ward go down to uh, where the cultists are and dispose of them, though not without rolling some sand checks. Uh, They then obtain the statuette, which gives them visions of returning it to the cave. Followed by the doctor, the captain and ward leave the ship, while the rest of the crew, who seem to have been indoctrinated by the statue's power now, follow and occasionally attempt to strike at them, though the crew remains on the ship as the men and the statue, uh, or the men with the statue, venture off into the tundra. Reaching the cave, they find the route Jacob had taken to get the statue and discover an ancient eldritch tomb. With two sarcophaguses, uh, one black, one Sarcophagi. white. Sarcophagi. I don't think is, is it? it. I don't. I, don't I honestly know. don't know. I, I when I when I typed in sarcophaguses, it immediately just told me to just use sarcophagus. No. So I think it's actually just sarcophagus is is plural and singular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And there's also uh, etchings and artifacts of some long-lost Cyclopean civilization uh, with these anthropomorphic creatures that were that the statues kind of prominently about. Um, as the captain returns the statue into its place, Ward, in a moment of folly, opens the lid of one, the white sarcophagus, and a claw lashes out and impales him. Uh, the eldritch creature, vaguely anthropomorphic, gets out of the sarcophagus and goes to the black sarcophagus and opens it to reveal another, though much beefier, creature. Does it say that they're eldritch creatures? Well, they're, they're, I'm just saying eldritch in that they are an- like they're ancient and monstrous. Because yeah. they are kind of ancient and monstrous. I'm just using okay. that as a t- my own term. Book. Fair enough. They're ancient aliens. Yeah, basically. They're kind of like a, like a weird like Lovecraftian alien creature. Yeah. Um, who proceeds to grab the cap? Uh, so the black, uh, the, the the one from the black sarcophagus, uh, grabs the captain, slits his throat, and unleashes tiny insects into the wound, like through an alien like, weird like, like, like proboscis thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at this point, the doctor nopes out of the cave. Um, he gets up to the surface. However, on the ice of the the frozen lake, the doctor finds a terrible mass, a terribly massive creature, pulling itself out of the ice breaking through and going skyward. Uh, and then he also he also notices around at this whole point... Does the, it the go sky skyward? Is, yeah, it it, desc- it it ascends up into the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the sky is starless. Like, it's a black sky, like starless sky. Um, the Doctor also sees multiple red lines streaking down to the Earth as uh, he witnesses more of these creatures descending upon the Earth. Um, at this point, the Captain um, calls for him... Um, trying to pick the doctor up um, and getting his attention. Um, but at that moment, the doctor witnesses the captain's eyes are alien for an instant um, before they revert to normal. And in a fit of insanity, nopes off into the tundra where presumably death claims him. Like the cold and stuff claims him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is beyond or between ice and stars. So, uh, it is on to... Everyone tolerates the Grand Inquisitions! Um, we tracked it down and we decided to split in order to flank it. I believe you want split up in order to flank it. <laughs> Cause we decided to split in order to flank it. It's like, kind of gives the impression that they fled away from it <laughs> rather than split around, like split up. Like we decided to split in order to get away. Yeah. But I don't think yeah. that was a... A term back in the 1900s. No, exactly. So I feel like it's just missing up. Like, we decided to split up in order to flank it. No, I'm saying, like, your assumption of them saying, like, we got to split. No, that's not something that would be said back then. Obviously, yeah. I was, so, I was, and this is written in character. Yeah. That is true. So split can only mean divide. Yes. Like, their, still their group that, has to split. I get that. I was making the funny with the whole, like, does it time to split? Because that's what the impression I got from that. But I think it's supposed to mean that, like, we decided to split up. Yeah, like, just needs yeah. the up. Yeah, there's no harm putting the up in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one is uh, the door was open, and the two men sent alongside Doctor Edgar were stood at either side of the doorframe. I, I believe it want, you want were standing at either side of the doorframe. Yeah, because you already have the past tense of were. Yeah. Yeah, I remember yeah, we're getting... stood at the. <laughs> yeah, just. What? Yeah, I remember stumbling on that a little bit, too. Yeah. Uh, next one here. A sailor, his clothes rugged and torn, walked out on all fours and started and stared at them. His eyes bright with madness before galloping towards them 
with a wild screech. Um, I believe that you wanted uh, his clothes were ragged and torn, not rugged and torn. Because ragged they were is, rugged. Yeah, I mean they could be rugged. But I feel like ragged is probably the correct term because it's, is, it's combined with torn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like his they were they are in rags. Basically, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, the two men stood on top of it in silence. I don't think you want on top because this is in regards to them like uh, standing on top of the of the statuette. I think that you want like about or around them around it, just to like because like on to, again this is really nitpicky. I, I will not like I will fully admit it is nitpicky that, like they're on top of it because like they're standing above it. Even above it would work better. Um, but like when when I read like they're standing on top of it. It it seems that they're like literally standing on it, not around it. Wait, who was standing on it? So the the the, the captain and ward stood on top of the statuette in silence. Yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I feel like it it should be either above, about, or around it. Would any of those would work uh, for like mm-hmm. that instead of on top of? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one. Uh, some were standing in fields. Others above the walls of a divine palace. Others were riding chariots, and others were operating machines of technology far advanced. So the last two uses of other in this, I would actually uh, change or like add on to. So it would read like uh, some were standing in fields. Others above uh, others above the walls of a divine palace. More were riding chariots. And others still were operating machines of technology far advanced. Just to kind of break up the repetition of monotony of, of using other like four times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and my final grammar position. It towered over the captain, who could only stare in disbelief as a claw or as a long claw striked his neck, cleanly cutting flesh and skin. Levy wants as a long claw struck his neck. Just for the like past tense, or like just for the uh, the tense issue, because mm-hmm. striked his neck doesn't sound good to me. Like if I'm being honest, slashed. Like just, yeah, that would, that, would, that would work as well. Yes, strike mm-hmm. like striked is like 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 struck like like it's like a strike as you do a slash motion with your hands. Yes, but <laughs> strike is technically also that like is also a descriptor mm-hmm. for that action. Yeah, but I can strike you with a baseball bat too. That's true. It's yes. it's very it's a very vague. Yeah, I think yeah. So yeah, slash would work just as well, mm-hmm. or slice. Because when or it sliced his neck, yeah, yes, of course. Do. But like when it when it went struck, I didn't know immediately that it was a cut that happened. Mm-hmm. I thought like he got punched first, and then reading cleanly cutting flesh. Then yeah, then later as it says like bleeding and all that, like although, okay, then it cuts. I get it. It does say long claw, so what claw implies that it's sharp, not a fist. Yeah, but I can have claws and then backhand you. You can or punch then, you. Then you need to re- like rewrite that entire part. Like, my my like point that. is the same point as yours. Yeah, struck is a little too vague. Yes, when it's clearly doing a slashing or a slicing motion. Yeah, right. Uh, but that's the end of my grammar positions. So, Mikey, the East stands for evil. What do you got? Uh, I have a front butt. Ooh, yeah, it's but. been a while since we've had a front butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but worst of all was the scattering of footsteps echoing unnaturally outside his room, as if crabs were skipping their way across the wooden floor. Yeah. I also just love that sentence. <laughs> as if crabs were skipping. <laughs> like, that's, like, 
that puts like a creepy like image in my head. <laughs> like, can only imagine what he's thinking, <laughs> like mm-hmm. from that descriptor. <laughs> yes. And then uh, I have an it story, but I needed to use dialogue to make it actually be long enough to be worth the while. Mm-hmm. All right, you did that last time too, and it made it better. <laughs> and now an it story with Mikey. The E stands for evil. Take it away. It was too late. It's coming from below deck, sir. Ward spoke, and the two men ran after the sound. It moved clankily towards the black sarcophagus, and with a swift motion, it threw the lid away. Then it waited. It towered over the captain, who could only stare in disbelief as a long claw striked his neck, cleanly cutting flesh and skin. Its onyx black skin seemed to eat away at the surrounding light, while its lidless eyes gleamed a malevolent white. It cannot be, he whispered, strands of insanity beginning to slither in his mind. Wow. Pretty condemned. Like, it wasn't until the very end of that all those it's came into play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, um, is that, do you have anything on? I know you've got the other ones. That... Okay. Uh, Gamer, do you got anything? Any grammar in yellow? I got a little bit. Nice. Uh, supplies were run- running thin, and the captain of the ship, a tall, clean-shaven gentleman by the name of Gerald Northington, had assembled the groups of hunters to venture out in search of seal meat. So um, I feel it's a bit long. Yeah, I, I, that's what, mm-hmm. like, as you were reading, I was like, what's, oh, okay, it's kind of like, is like, is that all one, one yeah. sentence? Mm-hmm. And it has a, an odd lack of a comma before the captain, hmm. so what I would do is I would pre- combine it with the previous one, because, like, the captain part, it's like, supplies were running thin and the captain of the ship. It's saying, like, supplies were running thin and also the captain of the ship was running thin. <laughs> <laughs> the captain's thinning out a little bit. Yeah, a little bit yeah. Put some meat on those bones. <laughs> so the way I would combine it is um, HMS Stargazer, crew, blah, 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 blah. Winter quickly set upon them, comma, instead of a period, they found themselves trapped between stars and ice for months. Or wait, no, wait. Period? Zoom. Enhance. That's a period. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, so they, they found themselves trapped between stars and ice for months, and supplies were running thin, period. So it's talking about their situation and supplies, yeah. and then right there, the captain of the ship, a tall, thin, blah, 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 go on from there. So okay. it's sectioned out in a different... Break it up a little bit, yeah. Yeah. They were all his responsibility, and he had vowed to return each and every one of them safe to their homes. I think everyone is used in the wrong way, because it's everyone, instead of every one. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Because it's it each and every thing. one of them. Yeah, it is a very fickle word. I hate the English language. Um, it it might know. be a scenario of like maybe and maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, know. I'm every one of us it, and every space one is a pronoun. Okay, so the pronoun everyone, which is the one word, meaning every person is spelled as one word. Everyone had a great time at the party. The pronoun every one, with a space in between, meaning each one, is spelled as two words. Uh, He visited uh, every one of those countries many times. 
So, so technically, <laughs> so if it's space it would be saying each and each. Yeah, each and every one. Yeah, basically each and every one. Um, so it's. I feel like well, it is it based on, is it based compound on your, word in that one. Yeah. Okay, so it's the compound word. Based on your definition, it sounds like it should be the compound word. Although, like every time I've heard it, I'm pretty sure it's each and every one. Yeah, not everyone, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh-huh. I might be wrong. It's each and each one. Yeah, <laughs> like, I like. How you, yeah, I feel like it's again. It's one of those slippery slopes of English language. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, it's just whether or not that is the saying. Yeah, you know? and the writer has to make a call on that. Yeah. But yeah, if if that's the way that the saying was made, mm-hmm. that's how it is. But yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. They soldiered on side by side. Their determination to put an end to this trumping their growing fear. Um, so I don't know if this should be changed, but when I first read it, I read it like their determination to put an end to this trumping, their growing fear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought trumping I, I, was what they were following. I thought they, I thought it was like, I thought it was actually misspelled word. I thought it was like, maybe it's triumphing. Like, but I was like, wait, no, there needs to be like a comma or something like that to like break up that. So, you know, that trumping their, their fear yeah. is what they're going for. Not, yeah. Cause I had the same uh, hiccup. Yeah. Because it's like the trumping is being used to describe what they're following. Yeah. So I think it's meant to be their determination to put an end to this, comma, trumping their fear over it. Okay, I hate to say it. I hate to, like, go back on what I just said, but, I, like, re, like, listen to you do that, it's hard because, like... Well, I'll read it, it in, like yeah, I'll read read it in okay. full. Yeah. Soldiering on side by side, their determination to put an end to this trumping their growing fear. That's how it normally is. That's how you... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then let me read it the other way. Yeah. They soldiered on side by side. Their determination to put an end to this, trumping their growing fear. Yes, that's the the, the one with the comma works because it's just like, yeah, because there needs to be a break there for the emphasis. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Moving on mm-hmm. to my last one. Uh, the first mate and the captain initiating a. Oh, sorry. This isn't a grammar. This is a note. Okay. So not the note. Hold off. I'll put that in later. <laughs> Should you Did take you your notes you for grammar? <laughs> oh, maybe I shouldn't have done this like an hour ago. <laughs> I, I woke up this morning to him like sending me a text saying that like he had forgotten what day it was. I sent him that text too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you just send it to both of us? At the same yeah. Time? I sent it to you. Then copy pasted it. Sent it to him. Yes. So I just mass text. Yeah. You mean I got the copy paste? Yeah. You're just copy pasta. I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> wow. What should have like just what you done? <laughs> At least I have the courtesy to mass text. So like I just pop on like Gamer in Yellow, Mikey, the East Ends for Evils, like your your both your your phone numbers onto a text and just slap that out. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> really? I don't do that. It's not that hard. I'm old. <laughs> okay there, rumor. It's fine. But yeah, go ahead. Okay. Right, so we're good. Right, so on to actual thoughts then. So I'm going to start with this quote. HMS Stargazer and its crew had initially set out into the deep unknown to map uncharted territories, but winter descended quickly upon them, and they found themselves trapped between stars and ice for months. So I would have said that that might that was kind of a long sentence, like a long sentence, but because, yeah. oh, almost a title drop. And only in the second sentence. Because <laughs> it's between ice and stars, not stars and ice. I have a note on that, but I'm not focusing because I'm trying to copy and paste this oh, no, in. No, no. Uh... Oh, no, I just fucked it up. Oh, no. Okay. Also, 
I wonder if this was inspired by the HMS Terror um, occurrence, like the where like basically the HMS Terror and another ship, um, another equally menacing sounding name, um, got wrecked in, in in the search for the Northwest Territories or the Northwest mm-hmm. uh, the the Northwest Passage in the mm-hmm. Arctic, um, and um, like there you know, like horrifying shit happened and like the ships were wrecked and like sunk into the ocean into the Arctic Ocean. And the people starved to death, and like, or they they ate lead lined, uh, they ate food, meat, and food and stuff like that from lead lined cans, so they died of like lead poisoning and insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a whole TV show about it now called the HMS Terror, uh, about the HMS Terror that takes the actual events and makes us throws a supernatural like horror spin onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was kind of like, oh, I wonder if this is like the story was based off of like inspired by that, but then just like thrown into the onto the southern pole and rather than the north pole. Mm-hmm. And then we get to this part. The sailor took a moment to regain his composure. It was too late. He was already stiff, clutching his in his hands that damnable statue. Oh, there's probably a little bit more of inspiration by Lo- A Call of Cthulhu or At the Mountains of Madness by H.P. Lovecraft than H.M.S. Terror. Or maybe it's both. I mean, both are Arctic horror events and mm-hmm. stories. Uh, and just the fact that the call- in Call of Cthulhu, like, the, the whole kind of, like, thing is around this... Um, uh, statuette that the the character finds of Cthulhu. Um, not gonna lie, until like, like because it like just says like an anthropomorphic creature and didn't really give us any other details other than that. I kind of just assumed it was like a an octopoidal headed monster. <laughs> like it was just a Cthulhu statue <laughs> made of obsidian. <laughs> yeah, considering um, most of the time when I hear anthropomorphic, it's usually followed by animal. Yeah. Just imagine like a furry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the true horror. Yeah. No, it's I a statue of like, Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in 19, 1905, if somebody saw a statuette of Sonic, like, they'd probably be horrified. Probably, yeah. I'd be horrified now. Yeah. What creature is this? Mm-hmm. What blasphemous beast is that? Specifically uh, the pre-fix on the movie. Yes, yeah, movie. exactly. The live, <laughs> yeah, the, live, the, the original version. Yes. <laughs> Not the better version. Uh, but anyway, not to date this podcast. Whatever. <laughs> um, my next one. Uh, unless you had something about that or that previous, did you actually have something about that previous uh, comment? About the title drop? Yeah. No, just the, the that near title drop. Just that it's not technically a sort of title drop because the sentence doesn't end with yeah. the title. It says stuff after it too. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. All right. On to my next quote to comment on. The bay was in a state of disarray. Crates were broken. Sacks were cut uh, open. Barrels were flung across the room, and the floor was ridden with stray apples, potatoes, and an assortment of vegetables, fruits, and meats. Most distressingly, John's body had vanished. Okay, so out of all of this, like, the body vanishing is not the weirdest thing to me. I, I kind of expected it as they were waiting uh, at the gravesite. Yeah. Like, all right, like they're waiting on the time, they didn't, the body's gone. Of course. Um, no, the weird part for me is that no one on that ship heard the commotion that happened in this room. Depends like, on how far away the cargo bay is from everything else. Fair, but this ship, I assume, and I know what that means, given the time frame and scant descriptors we do get of the ship, because we don't get a lot of description of the ship, other than no. it's the HMS Terror or the HMS Stargazer, mm-hmm. um, and it has sails, maybe. Yeah, but that could, that could almost that honestly is also a phrase like. Uh, like, I'd rather him die under, or like, be resting under Her Majesty's sails. 
kind of the, or her country sails. Like uh, basically, yeah. like it's a term for sailors. Like it doesn't mean that the ship has sails necessarily. But but I'm assuming since it's 1905, yeah. and it's a wooden ship. It is a wooden ship. Yeah. Okay, well, all the floor. Yeah, exactly. All the floors are wood. And wood's wood is a very good uh, conductor or a very good sound um, resonator and conductor. Mm-hmm. So assuming it is a wooden ship, and even otherwise, like ships aren't super sound isolated or mm-hmm. insulated. Um, isn't like so? Like, how how did no one else hear that commotion going on? <laughs> just that's just mm-hmm. that 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 also was the weirdest thing about that uh, that whole bit was like, how did no one notice like a barrels being thrown across the room, like everything going flying? So I I feel like there there should have been a descriptor earlier, like while they were sleeping that night, because apparently it was a, a restless night kind of thing. Um, there should have been like the howling of the wind, um, like like through the the, the ship, just to kind of like help hide the fact that like that commotion was happening i mean it doesn't say that stuff was like thrown how would they know it did it literally i literally read that um crates were broken sacks were cut open barrels were flung across the room and the floor was ridden with stray apples i mean someone could have just rolled a barrel across the room (laughs) flung i I know what it says but seeing it after the fact you don't know what happened in there yeah, but I mean, the way that. But regardless, there's broken yeah. barrels, so that yeah. makes noise. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that. I feel like a com- the commotion could have been easily concealed with, like, if, you, if, if the addition of, like, howling winds at the night, or the night before, was mm-hmm. added, just to, like, kind of. It's, it's a nitpick, I know, but it was like, that was the weirdest thing of that whole scene, was not the vanishing body. No. But that no one heard that. <laughs> the commotion. It's fine. So, uh, on to my next one. Uh, the dully illuminated. I'm pretty sure that's not how you, how, what you would use for the dully. Yeah, like, I would, I would have the, also gone like the dully lit, but the dully illuminated room just. Anyway, that's actually not my. It's actually not my my, my comment. So. Lit and illuminated are like the same word. Yeah. Uh, so the dully illuminated room was a scene of unfathomable horror. Five sailors were huddled in a circle, raving in unpronounceable tongues. The one at the top of the circle wore a tight leather bag over their head, or over his head, while the rest sported piercings of teeth across their face. Uh, behind them, propped up against the wall, was the corpse of, Job, of John, I almost said Jabba, <laughs> of John Hopkins. Well, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that statue was, was here for like, what, a day? Mm-hmm. And it already indoctrinated part of the crew? And then, as you read, in fact, most of the crew has been indoctrinated mentally or psychologically by this thing's power. Um, it's like, wow. <laughs> I don't know, it's just like, it's something about, the, like, the story was kind of like going slow and like creeping and some of that, and then they hit the fan. just open a door and like, it's straight up like, uh, all the shit's getting real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, uh, that, that was, that was my comment on that. Uh, the next one, actually, this is my last actual thought before we're into final thoughts. Teetering on the brink of madness, Dr. Philip Edgar ran into the snowstorm, his screams echoing in this frozen antechamber of hell until the eternal night claimed him. That was, so this is my response to the story as a whole here. So it sounds like final thoughts. It's an actual thought. It's my last actual It's thought. actual final thoughts. Yes. Not final thoughts. Uh, I still have final thoughts after this. Uh, so that story, th- that was, like, after reading that, this was my thought. That was, in a word, Lovecraftian as fuck. That has 
all the, this story has all the beats of a story by old Howie. Hell, this could easily be used as a Call of Cthulhu game scenario. Like, you could easily be the captain, ward, the doctor, yeah. maybe the cook. The cook failed his reflex check and got eaten alive by one of the by the one by a bunch of the raving cultists. Yeah, like we've got like it's it's got everything a Lovecraft story should have: um, isolation in a alien, hostile environment, uh, i.e., the Ar- the Antarctic Circle. It's in Antarctica, which many uh, a handful of, or one or two stories of <laughs> many uh, a handful. One or two. I don't think there's any. <laughs> no. At the Mountains of Madness by Lee yeah. Lovecraft, his novel, one of his novelettes or novels, was straight up in like Antarctica. I'm pretty sure he's mentioned other ones that take or mentioned Antarctica in other ones. Mm. But regardless, um, like it's a cold, isolated place. Like the like, it's there. The the cult, like the indoctrination by the statuette, the discovery of the statuette after finding a, uh, one of their your your friends dead. Um, the cult, the little cult circle and shit like that in the, in the ship itself, the, like that discovery and some of it with the light and like, it was almost going amnesia levels or like penumbra levels, which in itself is inspired by Lovecraft. Mm. The, the fact that the entire crew has become like suddenly indoctrinated into its crazy psychological, like, um, like thrall, enthrallment. Um, them attempting to right the wrong by, by bringing it back to the, to its original place. The cycle, the use of cyclopean. It, to to describe the civilization that was the, that created the tomb and like the creatures themselves and then the ending like crescendo of like this giant massive monstrosity breaking through the ice and going into the sky as other ones st- come down earthbound it was just like yeah this is straight up a lovecraft story if i ever heard one mm-hmm. um and i will get more into that in my final thoughts regarding like this story and like my feelings on it so but first is it, is it bad that through that entire monologue, the thing that I have to ask a question on is, are you really that buddy-buddy with Lovecraft that you can call him Howie? I, think you call him I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is his nickname uh, oh, okay. in, uh, in, in, fan, in the fan circles. Oh, okay. I wasn't aware. Um, I mean, he's like dead like, what, 100 years? Like, whatever. <laughs> is he, though? Is he? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> it's possible. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, Mikey, what do you got? Alright. I'm going to touch on a couple of things that have already been sort of touched on, but not really. But fuck it. <laughs> we need padding. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've got a few quotes here. Blah, 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 blah. Really? That's not the kind of padding. Some, it sounds like somebody's speaking in indescribable tongues. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you speak in English just so people can understand you. Yeah. <clears throat> Supplies were running thin, and the captain of the ship, a tall and clean-shaven gentleman by the name of Gerald Northington, had assembled groups of hunters to search out, uh, to venture out in search of seal meat. Next quote. Feet dragging across the floor and faces stooped low and haggardly, the crew gathered in their dining area for a miserable breakfast of dry bread and olive paste. Yeah. Then, after in the storage bay, crates were broken, sacks were cut open, 
Barrels were flung across the room, and the floor was ridden with stray apples, potatoes, and assortment of vegetables, fruits, and meats. We know where you're going. I, we know where you're going. I think the audience knows where you're going with this. Just in case, though. Yeah, just in case. Supplies were not running low. <laughs> they were running low in the in the short run. In the long run, yes, they were probably running low. They were trying to make their food ke- uh, keep, like as long yeah, as they could. But like they didn't have enough for the entire season to wait yeah. out the winter. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. wait out like until their until the ice thawed out a little bit so they could get out. But like that's why they were running thin. It's like they were basically like trying to like keep their food like. Tight. It's worded weird, yeah. but things like fruits and vegetables and uh, I will admit that would, you would eat it first because it goes bad. Not when it's refrigerated, and they're in the middle of the fucking Arctic, Antarctic. So it still like, was bad. Though. I don't think it would go that bad that quickly. Like as long as it's kept cold, and that's the re- reason why they were they brought the body down to that storage base so they would keep yeah. for a little while longer. I, I'm not entirely. <clears throat> fighting you on this because yeah like the, the addition of like potatoes and apples and, and meat <laughs> on the ground I feel like was probably a bad call like maybe mm-hmm. like the, the hay maybe like hay or salt of some kind or something like that was strewn across the road like from the barrels like where like, they have preservatives or mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. packing straw or something like that maybe that would have been a better option so that you don't have that much food apparently just lying around. It's weird mm-hmm. that they had like that shitty breakfast. Meanwhile, all that shit was in the storage. Yeah, yeah. that they could have had. Well, that yeah. that was their morning. Like, may, like maybe that's what they're allowed for, like their morning rations, and then during, like the during lunch or dinner, mm-hmm. they're allowed like an apple or meats and stuff like that. Maybe, mm-hmm. but yeah, it, it is. The, throughout the story, there is a little bit of poor wording in terms of like how scarce the food is, or like it's not properly um, elaborated on. Like mm-hmm. Just how, like, why they're like, how, like, in what condition of scarcity their food is? Like, is it long term yeah. or short term? Because to me, I feel like, like, they're basically the reason why there's all that food in the, in the storeroom is because basically that they're trying to keep the, what food they have going as long as they can. That's why they're eating like bread and olive mm-hmm. paste. Mm-hmm. But yes. So yeah. So so it just struck me as odd. It's like it's running all run. The supplies are running thin, yet there's supplies that are clearly there. Yeah. Yeah. So also, if this since this is nineteen oh five, I assume that the meat that they have there is probably salted. Yeah. Uh, so it's probably like basically jerky at that point. Yeah. So that'll that'll keep for a long time. Mm-hmm. So they might be going after like seal meat for the fresh meat, so they don't have to take take from their stores uh, yet, just yet. Mm-hmm. But again, not entirely fighting you on it. Just I'm fighting you on it a little bit. <laughs> and now for the silly portion. Oh, good. Uh, where not long after, there's this quote. After a fruitless search for the body. <laughs> but there was fruit! <laughs> oh, I hate the English language. That's the worst. That's it. I'm taking up Aklo. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Mm-hmm. I just had to grow that third or fourth tongue. <laughs> we well, already have a second? I'm working on it. Oh. Bleh. <laughs> Got some title card material now. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna be a tongue coming out of the darkness. <laughs> like twin tongues. No, or like one, 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 one and a little stubby one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway. Yes. All right. 
So, my, my next comment here um, is in regards to the, the monster at the end. <laughs> and this is actually stated in the comments underneath that the third eye on the monster... Suddenly being like having a pupil and also being like a human-like eye. Yeah, it doesn't really add anything. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I thought it was actually something. I even I thought like I liked the monster's description, like how it's mm-hmm. displayed in this game or displayed in the story. Sorry, I'm thinking it's a quirk through the game. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the way it's described, it almost it, you know what it reminded me of. Remind me of a fucking Zelda boss <laughs> a little bit when it, when it had like the third eye that was like kind of like a human pupil because like oh there's the weak point doctor just just throw a piece of uh, throw a snowball at it you'll, yeah. you'll you'll get it for a massive damage <laughs> but yeah no, it, it seemed like a little like too human for yeah. like the rest of it because everything all the other eyes of, the, of these aliens of these creatures have been described as like complete like basically glowing white eyes mm-hmm. and well, then there's just one nodule that has an eye that's like human like. But also at the very end, you see that it has the ability to change the way its eye looks. That is true, yeah. Because like when the captain shows up, honestly, I liked how that like there was that fake out. It's like, oh, was that all just like in the like doctor's head when he like fell down or something on the ice? Mm-hmm. And then he catches wind of like the eyes like being inhuman, and then like it switch, it blinks and he switches back, and it's like, oh, that's a nice little twist. But yeah, the yeah they are they it does show that the creatures are capable of like fooling us essentially. Yeah. So and the tentacle eye could be different to the eyes on the actual face because it has a different purpose. Yeah, that's not true. like causing insanity or something. Like maybe that is like, um, not an earthbound appendage or like an or like an earthy appendage. Whereas like the other eyes are they they serve as ocular vision, but yeah. like a different type of sensory. Like you know how like our eyes are are uh, ultraviolet spectrum or no. Are our eyes ultraviolet or no? It's not ultraviolet. No, it's not ultraviolet. It's uh. It's between ultraviolet and infrared. Yeah, it's between ultraviolet and infrared. The their eyes might be of a different like type of light spectrum, or like they can detect something else with the normal glowing eyes, and then the that eye is actually for the ultraviolet and uh, infrared spectrum. Like you were saying, like it might be purposed differently. Yeah, like there are like different there there are different types of eyes in animals, even on Earth, mm-hmm. that sort of have different purposes and like see differently. Yep. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly plausible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but when the rest of, with the rest of it, it does kind of look a little goofy, yeah. or a little a little like out, like just like I I don't know like the, I, like again like like I said yeah. I thought I kind of saw it almost like a Zelda boss monster <laughs> like like uh, like an anglerfish thing with an eyeball, but I saw it as a means for the doctor to know that it's staring at him. That's like true, yeah. for sure. Cause it has a pl- a, a pupil, a pupil. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's clearly dilating and looking at him mm-hmm. and then it moves away because he's a, it's a Lovecraft monster. So it's just like, you are a puny and insignificant thing to the power of the force. There's <laughs> a flies away. Is it where it's the Jedi like- get all their power? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you later uh, about like my ideas of like turning star Wars into a Lovecraft story. Cool. <laughs> And where the Force is actually an eldritch horror from beyond time and space. But mm. anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. No. Yeah. And then... Uh, I sort of like the twist for me anyway, because I haven't read Lovecraft. Yeah. Uh, but when the body went missing, uh, I was expecting it to become the monster a la the thing. Yeah. No, th- this has... The thing about the thing is that it was also based a lot on Lovecraft stories at the Mountains of Addis and such. It was also based off of a, a book from the 70s or 60s. Future me. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
close, but no cigar. Uh, Who Goes There, the novel that inspired um, The Thing from Another World and then The Thing by John Carpenter, was in fact published in August of 1938. Uh, And the author was John W. Campbell. Uh, Sorry, cultist. Um, Which is basically the same plot as this, like an alien crash, they discover a crashed alien in Antarctica, and it has like weird abilities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but yeah, like lo- the thing is very Lovecraftian in, yeah. ter- in terms of its cosmic horror. So yeah, so I was expecting a monster that didn't end up being a monster; it ended up just staying a dead corpse. And and then there was a cult in ancient aliens. Yes, is that better or worse than what you thought it was going to be? Then um, I did say he liked the twist. Well, it it stopped itself from becoming the thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it, it, it made its own thing yeah yeah by not being the thing <laughs> hey, <Daniel Slayers. laughs> I hate it. yeah yeah so that's uh my thoughts Alrighty then all right gamer in the hour at, uh, the hour before recording that you re- read this no i i put a lot of prep work into this shut up uh <laughs> I'm actually, you, if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm actually very amazed how much grammar position you had in in the, in how the much hour, time. How, in, in how little time, and you caught stuff that we didn't get really look at. Yeah, I have to get a new keyboard. My keyboard burned out. <laughs> Set the keys on fire. Um. All right, so you gave your keyboard carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> you gave your keyboard carpal tunnel syndrome. No, it literally caught on fire from me hitting the keys so fast. Ah, you were typing 80 point miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 80 anyway. miles per hour, I'm sorry. It's fine. Either way. Uh, the sailor bore a singular mark of inexorable insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if that's the right word to describe this. Which one? Inexorable? Sailor. <laughs> no, yeah, inexorable. <laughs> Sailor. <laughs> he's not a sailor. He's really a seaman. <laughs> oh. Okay, sorry. What was the word actually? Inexorable. Yeah, inexorable. Yeah. yeah um, I looked it up. It means to impossible to stop or prevent. So I learned a thing. Cool. Yeah. But I don't know if that really works here. So can you re- say it in the sentence again? The sailor bore the the singular mark of inexorable insanity with wide wide eyes open, mouth agape, his face. Carved into a mask of abyssal okay. dread. Okay, so it's describing the, the insanity on his on face. On his like, face, his yes. Face. And what was the, the definition again? Impossible to stop or prevent. Um, How would they know that his insanity was impossible to stop? Okay, yeah, you got me there. I, I could maybe bullshit that um, like his insanity stemmed from like something that was like inevitable to stop or prevent like in front of him. Yeah, but like it was like for all they know, all he had to do was say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious before it touched him, and then he would have been fine. That's true, yeah. Like, how do they know that it's impossible to stop? Yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah, fair. And this is what happens when uh, uh, when you try to use a lot of really crazy, elaborate words to try and mimic Lovecraft stories, because sometimes you don't get the... Sometimes you, it sounds cool, but the definition might not always be the right one you're looking for. Uh, unless I'm looking at in the wrong way. I but as far I as I can so. tell, it it's yeah. a little bit of a stretch for me. 
Yeah, it, yeah, that's that's I think where it's coming from is that it's a little bit of a stretch yeah. to use that word for that. Other than I, I, I think the reason like why it was used is because it's a nice big elaborate word that it looks that sounds cool for that for that moment. But it does. I don't. Yeah, it's a stretch to try and like is that actually how why like, is that actually a word you want to use? I mean, Lovecraft used those kind of words in his because he was literally being paid by the letter. <laughs> oh really? I, usually they were paid by the letter or by the word, so he, that's why he used like antediluvian and <laughs> moon and makes all massive these, words. all these like hundred dollar words yeah. because he was paying like ten like a, a cent a letter or, a, or like a, or like five cents a word uh, for his writing. That's why some of those creatures have like massive names. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, moving on though. The doctor steeled himself and lit his lantern. The light sending flickering shadows dancing up the walls and walked down the the way he thought the figures outside his door had gone. So I wasn't. It wasn't really said that he saw figures outside the door. Just that he heard he some heard sort of alien something. whispers. Yeah. Now I suppose the whispers could be assumed that they came from some sort of figure, especially yeah. since in the time frame they're in, it's not like it w- he would assume it's from a speaker or magic or anything. Yeah. But it's it, it still kind of jarred me that he assumed that there was. Well, Something also, right outside his door. He also heard footsteps, not just whispers. You know? Oh yeah, the crab thing. Yeah, the yeah. The, 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 <laughs> yeah. the things that the, the footsteps that that then they colorfully described as like crabs dancing down the road. Yes. <laughs> Which you know, you know, it's funny. Like I, I I I see it as the creepy thing in my mind, but I also keep going to that gif of the crabs on the beach just like doing the the, the weird little like shifting dance. Yeah, <laughs> I can see. God it. damn it! It's funny. Uh, yeah. But either way, that just made me stumble for a minute because he yeah. was hearing voices, but I I didn't connect it that he thought that there was actual things out there. Like, because there's some weird alien language and shit, I, I thought he was almost assuming he was hearing, like, spirits or whatever. Yeah, you but. Know, not a physical entity. Mm-hmm. But apparently, as the cook confirms later on, like, very shortly after. What a segue. You heard them too, the cook whispered? <laughs> Edgar nodded. They went this way. Come, the cook urged him on. So, for a second, when I read that, I thought that the cook dropped the whispering, and he just went, they went this way, then yelled, come! Because, like, there's an exclamation point after. <laughs> no, it's more like, it's like, I, I they went this way. Come, let's go, let's go, yeah. Yeah, yeah but still. Post haste. Uh, it's trying to be quiet and whispering, but, like, accentu- accentuating the fact that they must hurry. And I get it. But I think it'd be funny if he's trying to whisper and be quiet. And he's like, let's go! <laughs> I understand! Yes. But yeah. Like, God damn it. That fucking Sonic commercial keeps it, like coming out. It's like, it's like, of course I want it. I love the way you make them! <laughs> like, the way they just, like, like yells. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, Eggman. I, I, you know what, Dude, Mr. Dupin, I'm sorry. If you're listening to this and you see our title card... I am sorry because I'm probably going to end up drawing an Eldritch Horror version of the Sonic of the Sonic character from the first trailer. <laughs> I think that's probably how I'm going to draw the thing coming your, over the... your terrifying horror monster. And I apologize in advance. It's it's my fault, honestly. <laughs> it really is gamer's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's shared. Like the only one that's not at fault here. Is sweet darling Mikey the E stands for evil? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would use However, those he's also at fault because he's not stopping us. <laughs> you have the power to stop him. He from is happening. in fact being evil and watching this go from the sidelines. <sighs> the best kind of evil. 
Sure, if you say so. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, my next note is about when the the first mate and the captain go down to uh, the the seance going on in yeah. the basement, and all that, and their scorched earth policy that they <laughs> that they initiate as soon as they see shit happen. I mean, like, wouldn't you? Yes, I would, and that's my point. It good on them. Yeah, that like it's nice to see characters not written poorly just for the sake of the plot. Not gonna lie, that is straight up. Like, so this suddenly, like, transit. This is the part where the story kind of transitions from a Lovecraft story to a Call of Cthulhu game scenario. Yeah. Where the player is just like, nope, nope. <laughs> roll sand. All right. Bang, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah, and the other guy tried rolling sand. He's just like, oh. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, fight, flight, or, or freeze. Uh, I'll just freeze. All yeah. right, cool. So you were frozen there as your, and then as Ward. As, Beats uh, the as, shit out of everything. Like, kills everybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and you were grappled. So uh, roll your grappling. Uh, all right, so you got ungrappled. Uh, so you're gonna use your mail, your the butt of your gun as a melee weapon, and start beating the shit out of this thing. All mm-hmm. right, it's dead. Cool. Yeah, no, that was. It's basically a fucking game scenario. Yeah, like, you could straight up run it, letter yeah. to letter. Yeah, it's pretty excellent. But yes, and then uh, moving on to describing what the what the rest of the newly possessed sailors are doing when they're trying to leave. Yeah, uh, it says while others were simply leering behind a fish-eyed mask. Oh, so that's, I'm sorry. So, okay, so fish-eyed mask, it's it's a metaphor for okay. their eyes are, like, going off in different directions, like fish-eye. Okay, because this is the second mention yeah. of a mask. The first one, yeah. I assumed it was just to describe his face. <laughs> yes. But this one's, like... Straight up, it is basically, like, because you can, like, you can describe somebody's face, like, if, if it looks weird so that, as a mask. Yeah. So that's that's how they're described. That's how this what is actually you're reading right now is like basically their eyes are like gone in different directions as they become enthralled or possessed by the power of the statuette. Yeah, and I got that assumption yeah. the first time, but the, when he brought up the second time, I'm like what? staring behind a fish-eyed mask. Yeah. It's like does it's, he it's, just have a mask all of a sudden? Nope. Okay, good. That fixes it then. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, also the, when they do use a mask, it means that it's like basically like stuck in that position. So like the, they're like it's like somebody coming in who's like. Yeah, their face like, is and they're frozen. not like it's just not moving around. I love that you do the visual jokes too. <laughs> I, you yeah. give me a hard time for doing them, I like when I, when I laid down last time. Oh, that was that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was necessary for splaying purposes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, um, but uh, moving on to the entrance of the cave, the entrance, much akin to the maw of a great beast with stalactite teeth and jaws made of rock, swallowed them whole. Literally? <laughs> like, did the cave close? No, it, I know. To, again, to quote Taser Face, it is metaphorical. <laughs> it's very fear into the hearts of enemies. Should not be quoting Taser Face. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but yes, I, I get it that it's. Yeah. It's a metaphor, it's poetry. Like, it's yeah, but it also could have not been. I know, I know, I understand. <laughs> it has dual meaning. Like, they could have went That's to turn. That's the horror of it. Like, for the readers, like, Really? Is this what happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. Okay, good. Like, like, like they get, turn around to leave, and they just see the the stalactites and mites together yeah. where they came in. It's like, okay, yeah, we need to find like the rectum the, now and get out of here. <laughs> it's kind of like the uh, the it's like because like when you're reading something, it's like you're you are trying to like you're assuming that the 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 writer or like the narration is um, a reliable narrator. But in this story, like uh, in, in his horror stories, sometimes the narrator, the guy, the, the, the writing itself is an, an unreliable narrator trying to help build up that psychological horror. Yeah. Moment, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate the flavor of that. I'm not saying that shouldn't be there. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if it actually closed behind you them or not. You just got caught off on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, you, you can swallow without closing your mouth. Yeah, it's true. Moving right along, though. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, uh, okay, my last one. Uh, where the giant head breaks through the ice, mm-hmm. and the tentacle eye, and summoning his quote-unquote children through the meteors, and the puppeted body of the captain. At this point, I feel like it went too far. Uh, like, for me, yeah, I, I think... Like, my enjoyment of the story went up and up and up. And then as soon as he left the cave and that thing broke out of the um, the ice, it kind of just... It did it, get a little too epic. It, it kind of just scale. sharply dropped, in my opinion. I, I, I would have loved it if he just ran away out of the cave and then copy and paste the very end where he's, like, just wandering through the, or, the, or the like ice to his death. Or, like, he slips on the ice and then the captain, like, comes, like goes to pick him up. And like, oh, did he like actually like get like? Has this all, all the other shit been just a dream? And then like, and like, realize him seeing the eye change and then go right off. Yes, I feel like that would be a little bit more of a good subdued horror. I feel like, again, this kind of feels like a Call of Cthulhu scenario in that um, the characters are dealing with one threat, like one like kind of pretty potent threat. Like those two guys are not in unsubstantial. Like yeah. those two big monsters in the in the cave. Are pretty fucking ter- are pretty fucking monstrous and like horrible, and horrifying for uh, for an encounter. But the, and then like when he runs out into the ice, the the Cthulhu or Nyarlathotep's like bloody tongue avatar shows up, and for and like and, like the apocalypse happens essentially. I did find that was a little weird. I'm not sure like maybe that was like partially like in his head. Like maybe that was like a vision that he had, but it's not really said. Yeah. So it does kind of like feel like like basically like the character is living in the end times at this point. So it's like again, it's like a worldwide TPK. It's too like world-endingly powerful. It's also not entirely unLovecraftian because <laughs> there's a couple of Lovecraft stories that do that as well. Yeah. He's infamous for basically anticlimactic endings. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, it's just for me. It's like yeah. the the tension kind of went less and less the more grandiose. Yeah. Went. Yeah. The, at this point, we have entered. It stopped. So like. The uh, the cave stuff was kind of, and I I know I'm probably gonna make give some people some aneurysms with this term. Street or the the cave the cave setting was street level cosmic horror <laughs> compared to yeah. the big bombastic scene in the, on the ice, which is straight up cosmic horror, where like the uncaring, un like monolithic sized monstrosities of, from beyond time and space are unleashed upon the Earth, and the Earth is doomed. Like, that is literally cosmic horror. Also, what do they even have to do with each other? Like, that's the other thing I... Like, that's the one little nugget of, like, like, thinking on it now. It's like, they they really don't, because they're they're not really described as the same. Like, Mm -hmm. unless the unless the Did they, like, do fusion? (laughs) And then become that? Maybe? (laughs) Um, And, like... The creatures themselves could also be like a servitor race, like maybe they were the high priestess, priest and priestess. Because I, I got the impression that the, the white sarcophagus one was a female, and the black sarcophagus one was a male. I didn't. But that one, was just one me was assuming. just tall and lanky. One was just tall and yeah, buff. Again, that was just my kind of assumption on it. Um, but yeah, like so, like, I feel like they were like basically the high priests of that big thing, maybe. But that was the only correlation I could get out of game, out of story, and out of game. As to why there was a connection between them. Also, the only other thing I can think of is like maybe that's why they kept mentioning the frozen lake in front beside the cave. It was because that's why the cave was there in the first place. Again, it's a lot of like out 
think like thinking beyond the story and speculating like why what where the connections was because otherwise it does kind of seem like the the big monster on the uh, in, in the ice kind of comes out of nowhere like after like dealing with the stuff in the cave you thought that's going to be the big horror nope it's actually this bigger thing just shows it's always up. a bigger fish <laughs> exactly yeah yeah I also like, don't know how those creatures didn't just get out of the sarcophaguses themselves. Uh, they probably all they did was just push it. Uh, they were probably in some kind of stasis until like they were exposed to the oxygen or something. Or the yeah, air. maybe. Mm-hmm. Or they were just waiting for somebody. Like they've just been slumbering until somebody disturbs their their sarcophagus physically. Or like they're sitting down having like a game of chess. Yeah. And then they heard someone get in their yeah. cave. It's oh shit! Get in the get in the sarcophagus. Oh, this would be so funny. Yeah. It's not sarcophagi. It's sarcophagus. Shut up and get in. <laughs> <laughs> What? what? I guarantee these fucking hairless apes are going to get in here and open, push the lid over. Man, it's going to be funny as hell. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if I like or dislike that we're taking all these creatures and making them stupid. <laughs> you know what? With our... Personally, I want more cosmic horror games or more cosmic horror stories where the monster is just as incompetent as a human. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's just as scary. It's like my comment of like how the I think it would be awesome if the Migo, the guys that t- take people's brains and like toss them in jars, mm-hmm. do that thinking they're helping us. Yeah. <laughs> because that's how they travel through space. So why can't we travel through space like they do? Yeah. Like why are you screaming? Like I'm just gonna shut. I'm just gonna mute your uh, your vocal box mm-hmm. until you calm down. Yeah. You get your shit together. Yeah, I don't know if that would work in everything because. For example, if you're getting chased by some creature that you don't know, well, and, and you're running through the through the forest, and you trip on a root and fall, yeah, and you get up and run, and then it trips on the same root and falls. Well, and see, here is, and again, this is also in lies the um, the difference between comedy and horror. Like, mm-hmm. They are basically two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Um, the 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 reason why horror is horror and not a comedy is because of context. Mm-hmm. We don't know why they were in those sarcophaguses. We don't know why they were waiting in those sarcophaguses. That's what makes them scary, is the, sca- the fear of the unknown. But because we made up our stupid story it's of them common. setting up a trap, it's now become, it's coming. Yeah, because we've insinuated that into our, into, a, into this like little mini-canon mm-hmm. of the story. That we've made it a comedy. Yeah. But... At taking it as face value is like not not ignoring that like what or like ignoring seeing that it from the eyes of the people coming in exactly yeah, yeah encountering it that's the horror because like, you have no context to that because if you were in that situation or if you're in like the situation where you came to somebody's house and you open like there's a big long box in their living room and you just opened it and they were like uh, like they came out mutated or something like that that would be fucking horrifying yeah. Unless they were like waiting for you to for, to come into their house, and then they just like jumped in the box and they like, started giggling. Like this would be so funny. Yeah, <laughs> like that's comedy. Like that's something that's yeah. comedy. But that's the difference between horror and comedy is the context, and then that's why Lovecraft delved so deeply into like fear of the unknown because it made his stuff so alien and weird looking mm-hmm. and like horrific. He and he never explained their true intentions and origin because they are so alien to human uh, minds and physiology. Yeah. So. In this, it makes sense for a horror story, like like that they yeah. just yeah they were just there waiting, or maybe like they just need to be disturbed in order to actually wake up. Mm-hmm. So they were waiting for the right time, and the right time is when somebody pushes their their lid open, or maybe why the reason why Ward opened it is because one of them told maybe they can't get out themselves; they need to be it needs to be opened for them. Use like mind like trickery stuff. Yeah, maybe there's a ward on the very inside of the lid, so that when a ward, yeah, yeah. Ward. yeah. Sorry, a sigil. I hate like, the English a, language. A protective, protective <laughs> sigil. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
uh, that keeps them from like opening it themselves in the, when, once they're in the box. So they've been waiting for yeah. somebody, and then they, but they can still like psychically project out. So they basically tried like basically psychically told Ward, "Hey, you should open this box," mm-hmm. and that's what happened. It's kind of actually it's very similar to like the, the new Mummy movie that came out with Tom Cruise, where like the one character gets possessed, gets bitten by by like a special scarab, and then. Or by a special scorpion thing, mm-hmm. and then gets possessed by the mummy inside the, the the sarcophagus to open it up and then kill everybody on the plane. Yeah, well then, yeah. So neat. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, basically, what it gets down to, like, you're not wrong. Like, about it's all comedy, about perspective. But it's all about perspective. It's yes. all about the context of, like, are you creating a horror story or are you creating a comedy story? Yeah. yeah. And they can both be the same story, just from different perspectives. Yeah, and they can both be funny and terrifying at the same time. Yes. Because again, I think that would be terrifying if they were just as incompetent or just trying to like basically this is like this is their take of a joke, yeah, <laughs> a practical joke. But yeah, and and yeah, I do agree. Like the the ending does kind of escalate. Actually, that seems to be that, that seems to be my thing in the story. It's like, well, that escalated quickly with the cult and the, and the like, like munching on the uh, or like using the body parts of, uh, of Jacob, and then he gets out of the cave. <laughs> That escalated quickly. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I it almost feels like that that big massive part was just supposed to be like kind of a vision, or maybe it was just like to extend to full, further um, further uh, add on to the whole like cosmic horror element of the story. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like you probably could have like left that out, and it would have been just as strong because those two monsters in the in the in the uh, cave are not um, uh, unformidable like horror monsters mm-hmm. but anyway sorry um anything else to go um and yeah the only other thing i'm thinking about is like is the rest of the crew just hang, hanging out in the ship the ship right now probably yeah they're probably just like they they were basically enthralled so they're basically like zombie husks like just wa- watching waiting watching and waiting probably the way i thought it worked is um is it's to do with being within radius of the statue. Oh, so maybe like once they got without rage, they it basically they went back normal. it snapped and they were like, What? Huh? Like they were kind of in a daze. Like Why do I have this fish mask on? <laughs> Why do I have teeth piercings? Oh, those, wait, guys those, those, die. Die. those guys all died. Those guys all died real good. Hey, where's Jimmy and, and Tom and, and and Bootless Jack and Bootless Jack and, and and Phil and Steve? Like, where'd they all go? Yeah. And where's the captain and and, and Doctor and Ward? Like, where? Oh, I think I see them off in the tunnel. Why are they running away from the ship? Let's go save them. <laughs> Get down to the oh god. <laughs> or like when it breaks through, it's There's doing a, all that, but they don't see that if yeah. that's all in that guy's mind. Yeah. So that. So that he sees these horde of people coming towards him, and he's through oh, his insanity. God. He thinks that this thing is just like vomiting out enemies. Oh yeah, maybe that's the yeah, maybe that's what he's like. That's where that is. Like that's the rest of the crew. Because again, like that could be like what happened. Like that literally could be like we have an un- we have an unreliable narrator here. Mm-hmm. In that that could be what had actually happened. Like everything from like before the cave, like everything ap- everything before they entered the cave, like everything after the events of them entering that cave. Um, could have just been that the doctor slipped on the ice in the frozen lake, and has this has all been a fever dream? Honestly, it could go back even further. Oh yeah, because he handled the body. That's true. Yeah, like it could have fucked with him from the get go. Yeah, like even the first. Um, well, okay. Well, in in the basement, murdering all the guys, you can't get past that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that, yeah, that, that that had to have happened. Yeah. Like, but it could again. It, this could have been how it affected him, like how the statue had affected him. Yeah, because it didn't seem to affect him, the captain or Ward. Yes, because yeah. they have they're, 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 they're player PCs. Yeah. yeah, they're player characters. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. 
they're the three characters. They're the three players of the game. They have free will. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, he just rolled his sand check really bad, like and like rolled up basically uh basically rolled against Cthulhu and got like maybe like forty sand loss mm-hmm. in one go. Pretty much. So, yeah. So you have the final thoughts? I guess so. Yeah. Uh, so my final thought for this, or my final thoughts for this, the story feels detailed yet skimmed. Like there is a loving, there's loving description, practically and macabrely poetic in scenes, like in descriptions. Yeah. Yet there are sections of the story that seem to go by really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, are just and escalate quickly as they you just, say. They just speed by basically. Like you just mm-hmm. kind of skim through sections. It doesn't completely ruin the read. Actually, while reading the story, I was like, I know, I took note of them. And kept reading because I was really enthralled with the story, much like mm-hmm. the crewman of the enthralled by the statuette. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I segue. Uh, <laughs> made it funny, kind of. Uh, I'll just leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love the dead silence for me, Mikey. <laughs> yeah. um, but it does feel. Um, yeah, so it does feel like a sliver rushed in parts as I was reading the story, and that's what I, I took note of. Um, it didn't ruin the story for me, but I still like that. Otherwise, I really did enjoy this tale of madness and cosmic horror. It's funny that the last story we we, we discussed uh, from Mr. Dupin uh, of Blood, Gold, and Holy Light was bathed in gothic horror and traipsed with like basically D and like dark fantasy D and D, like perilous and like a basically adventure of perilous like werewolf hunting and stuff like that and they ended with the TPK kind of thing yeah we also compared that one yeah. to a game yeah to a D&D game yeah or to like I, I could totally see that game like now that I've like read like part of it I could see that being run in Zweihander which is mm-hmm. basically a grim and perilous like Warhammer style like dark fantasy stuff and this oozes Lovecraftian horror and like Call of Cthulhu um, the RPG and what's great is while it pulls from those inspirations of that genre of like cosmic horror of Lovecraftian horror it makes its own thing it's not just a carbon copy of the mountains of madness or the thing or uh the hms terror or call of cthulhu it is its own take on those tropes and genre um like those monsters i've never seen i've i personally never read anything like those creatures um and like the red streaks down upon the sky and some of that, like that, that seems like an original creature to me. I could be wrong. If somebody knows, like has heard the story, like I would like to read that story that they come from. So I think the red streaks in the sky were just the comets coming down. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the red streak. Yeah, but those are the creatures, basically, like the reapers coming down. Oh, okay. I, I didn't know if you were describing like he was creating these like streak-like portals. No, no, he's basically calling down like his his brethren or his sisters or whatever. Um, But yeah, like the creatures in the the sarcophaguses, like I've never really, like the way they're described, and they are described like... Lightly. They're described lightly, but that's that's part of the allure of cosmic horror is that you're not supposed to get all the details on them because you can't comprehend them by their nature. You're not supposed to be able to... They're unnameable. They're undescribable, even though Lovecraft would use like Eldritch and Antediluvian and... Cyclopean, like, descriptions. What's Cyclopean even mean? Uh, Cyclopean means very large, like, monolith, like, basically behemoth-sized, like, enormous size. Oh, okay. I figured it was either a size thing or, like, Cyclopean as in, like, Cyclops. Yeah, well, that's where it comes from. Well, I mean one eye specifically. No, yeah, it stems from, like, being giant. Yeah. Um, uh, So, yeah, uh, I 
I don't know if this is obvious, guys, but I recommend the story because this was... I feel like this came from somebody who really appreciates the, the genre of horror that they're writing. And I really... At least I, I felt that in the writing of the story. Like, in, in reading the story, like, I felt that kind of, like, passion for this kind of thing. Mm. Much like I uh, kind of gotten that from, like, A Blood Golden Holy Light with gothic horror. It's like, it seems like the character... or the It seems like the author really loves those genres and like kind of poured that into your into their stories so yeah i recommend despite its flaws i recommend the story so uh mikey what do you got yeah i'm gonna agree with you but the whole description and the non-description stuff because i noticed that in parts two were like how they describe how they go cave spelunking to get to their room. Yeah, and then, like, tears at their skin and clothes and stuff yeah. like that. And then... Well, like, walking from the tundra... Like, walking from the ship to the to the cave is just like... And they just, we, they just, we got there. We got there, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, no, there's no, like, biting cold or... Because, like, like, it was snowing and cold and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's yeah. doing that the whole time. Yeah. So nothing out of the ordinary happened between A and B. So yeah. why would you need to bring it up, right? Fair. Or like when they like I, I also like like when they go down when they're in the land when the, the two of them the cook and the doctor are down with the lanterns and go down like spending all this time describing like the, the the creeping dark and like them going in down into the the bowels of the ship and then they open the door and the monster and the cultists are there and they just unleash on them it's like whoa that, well that and this is escalating mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just, like that part there almost seemed kind of skimmed or at least sped up not skimmed because like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't skimp on details mm-hmm. but it seems like it speeds up um, scenes a little bit. Like, I feel like there's a missing monologue there yeah, like, by the bagman. Like the captain and ward g- grab the statue, get the vision of the of the cave, and they instantly know they have to take it back to the cave to get rid of it. Like, I don't know. It just what, at that point specifically, it seemed like it was just kind of speeding up the the plot a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. But that being said, if it didn't, I wouldn't have got this right in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's you. That's yeah. that's on you, sir. That's not so on in my eyes. It's perfect that it's better right, along. Well, right. I mean, like to a, for a cream pasta, like that's it's it's sometimes what you want in a cream pasta is like something that's short and scary. Yeah, or short and interesting at the very least. Like mm. it, it's hard to scare me um, or to, to scare somebody sometimes. But like, even if your story is like. Going for creepy, but create something cool and interesting, like and or like, like or like to somebody who is not easily scared, that's just as much a, a bonus as scaring your reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. The, the only real big issue I had was the whole uh, storage base scenario with the food everywhere. <laughs> When? The lack of food during <laughs> a food storage. Mr. Newman, you yeah. ruined your story by adding way too much food for these starving sailors. <laughs> yeah. You see, they were they're transporting food, so that's not their food. Yeah, that's think, their that's their cargo, so they can't eat that. They got to fend for themselves, otherwise. Yeah, it's really a poor situation. But again, that's the 19, 1905, So that's the early twentieth century in a mm-hmm. nutshell. It's just so their decisions. actual food that they have to eat. Is running short, and then they might have to eventually get into the food cargo. But then they'll start losing money because they're eating from their. But they'll not die, (laughs) which is more important. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I also liked how only one character dies. Like, I I know it sounds weird, but like, I beg your pardon, Jacob. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, before all the weird shit happens, all the crazy shit happens. Like, Like, a lot of people died. It's interesting that like. 
they didn't hadn't lost anybody until Jacob, until the weird shit happened. Like they were stuck in the ice for like a, like a period of time beforehand, and they actually hadn't lost anybody yet. And it wasn't until Jacob goes, they're basically everything goes to shit. It sounded like the first time they went out to go hunt seals, this happened. Hmm? The first time this happened, when they went out to go hunt seals yeah, so to get like, food, this happened. Yeah. So they're stuck for like a couple of days and no one died. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like, yeah, yes, there's a there's a pretty, there's, there's a three or four person kill count rate, or I guess a nine person kill count. Are you counting the guys in the basement? I'm counting the cultists, yeah. Okay. But like, everybody else is fine and just kind of partially enthralled or possessed on the ship. By the end of this. And they're none the wiser, too. Yeah. They don't even know any of this shit happened. And I mean... Until they go downstairs and clean up the basement. <laughs> if if the big eldritch horror from the ice is actually real and not just a psychosis from the doctor... Yeah. Then the entire world is is cooked. Because apparently the Reapers have, have come. Pretty much, yeah. But regardless... Yeah, like it, it seemed, I don't know. Like It seemed like it was like... There was a nice gradual like kill count, I guess, is what I'm going with. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I I I've I've deviated. What do you What do you got? We'll continue. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my main issue. Was just the, the food. food. Yeah. And, and thinking about it now, it's like, well, they, they went seal hunting, so that means they went into that cave to get the idol. So Jacob went into the cave. Yeah. I don't think he. W- they didn't go in there looking for seals. No. I think like he was he was flanking out and like with a team and he's like he sees a cave and he splits off from that group that was flanking. Yeah, that's what happened. Like he maybe he was psychically pulled in because yeah. like the things have some kind of influence of power. Mm-hmm. Just envision a seal just <laughs> going into the cave. <laughs> it's like hey, I got found a seal, guys. I'll go get them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that. Or maybe the monster like tapped into his mind and knew he was looking for seals, so he made him envision. A seal. That that could have been it. There's yeah. a seal. I totally saw one go in the cave. You're crazy, Steve. I forget his name. Jacob. Jacob. You're Steve. <laughs> Jacob, Steve. You're crazy. It's Jacob Hopskins. No. <laughs> yeah, probably. It literally is. I know it is. I'm aware. I'm well aware. That's why I call them Jacob Steve. But um, it's possible. Yeah. These beings are of unknown power. Yep. And antediluvian age. And Cyclopean size. <laughs> if you'd like to know what Antiluvian is, because I kind of expected you to ask me what that was, <laughs> um, Antiluvian is basically just another biblical term. It's a biblical word for meaning really old, because it's basically like pre-deluge, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically the time be- before the flood. Oh, okay. So. So before the first Halo ring was destroyed. Yes. Okay. The other one, I'm just nodding. Yeah. At this point, I'm just nodding. Yeah, okay. So, recommendation, Mikey. Yeah, please get on. Before All we right. continue diverging. Before I find more game references to bring up. Yes. So, overall, the, the story was entertaining, so I will recommend it. Cool. I right. just wish there was less food. During well, the yeah, I just wish I, they I, corrected that. Yeah, like, yeah. it's got flaws. Like, I United yeah. does have some flaws. But... Does it help that I said that they're delivering food, but they only have so much food for themselves to eat? Does that make it make a little bit of sense? Uh, well, I said no. they were. They were. It's, it straight up says at the beginning of the story that they were exploring uncharted territory in the Antarctic. Never mind. They weren't then. doing cargo at all. Yeah. Okay, so then yeah. <laughs> so it's completely null and void. Yeah, that's null. <laughs> Okay, but you recommend it regardless of its faults. Yes. Okay. So. Yeah. I enjoyed it as well, reading through it. Um, Like I said, it kind of 
jumped the shark a little bit at the end. I don't know if that's the right term for that. Jumped but the Cthulhu? Sure, yeah, it did that. It went a little too much. Is a little too grandiose and world-ending for my taste. Um, but overall, I still enjoyed it. I just... I hate to say it, but it feels like I should have stopped reading sooner because I would have enjoyed it more. No, I get what you're saying. Like, because you wish it, like, basically, like, the doctor just, like, noped out of the cave and that's where it ends. Yeah, if you noped out and just and, and, got and, lost and then yeah. the random, the the uh, other sailors did a search party and they found his frozen body and yeah. his face was frozen into uh, that word of, of an, terror. An explorable, <laughs> yeah, uh, of terror. like, sense of insanity or something. Yes. Like yeah. Like, I would have preferred that ending over to the world-ending ending that we got now. That's but fun. that being said, I still enjoyed it, and I'll still recommend it. It's just I would hard recommend it, if otherwise. <laughs> gotcha. All right, well, that was this week's episode. If you like what you heard, or if you didn't, leave us a comment in the comment section below, where this gets posted, whether it be on Podbean, Facebook, YouTube, or Tumblr. Uh, we're all on Twitter. Uh, Mikey is at the E Stands for Evil. The Gamer Yells at the Gamer in Yellow, but without that W, because... My name's too long. Thanks. And it's for the glory of the king. Yeah. Uh, and I'm at Review Cultist. Uh, if you'd like to uh, send us emails, you can go to you can go to aldente rigamortis at gmail.com. That's A-L-D-E-N-T-E-R-I-G-A-M-O-R-T-I-S at gmail.com. Where you can also send us suggestions for other creepypastas you'd like us to discuss on the show. Uh, if you'd like to help support the show, you can go to Patreon. Look up aldente rigamortis and select the back of tree you'd like to support us at. We have $5 and $2 tier with Special episodes, early access, extra content, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, to our patrons that are already helping support the show, thank you guys immensely because you're hope you're hoping keep the hosting bills. You're helping keep the hosting bills at bay, and we very much appreciate that as always. And to our listeners and the the authors of these stories, thank you guys immensely because seriously, without your listenership or the authorship of these stories, we really wouldn't have much of a show. So thank you guys all the same. Uh, until next time, I've been your host, Review Cultist. I'm Mikey, East End for Evil. And I'm the Gamer in Y'all. And this has been Aldente Rigamortis. Sleep well. Did you even have your phone on? My phone's on. See, it's powered on. Okay, okay. Yeah. Go check it. Yeah. Calm down, bro. <laughs> I know, I'm so angry right now. Dude, dude, it's gonna be okay. Just just, just chill. I mean, if you say so. Man, I, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> just like leave. <laughs> Is this opposite day? <laughs>